Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Thanks for joining us. We are going to go into one of the most asked questions that we are seeing on all the Facebook groups, Mm -hmm. all the Reddit boards, everything. But before we get into that, (laughs) why don't you hop over to Facebook on our Facebook group, Homeschool Together Podcast, Instagram at Homeschool Together Podcast. Head over to iTunes, hit the five stars, (laughs) tell them how much you love Ariel and all her great work that she's been doing. (laughs) And that other guy that's on the podcast, too. Make sure you give us a five-star. Tell them how much. Actually, write a review. We need reviews actually written. I think that's a big key. Yeah, we just want to be discovered out there. When you look at the rankings for, you know, search the word homeschool, we're not coming up. But there are podcasts from 2007 that are still there and and haven't been around for a long time. So slime balls. Right. And we just, we're trying to break like higher into the rankings so that when people search homeschool, Mm -hmm. they at least find us. There's so few secular homeschool podcasts out there. Uh, So your ratings, your reviews, your... Uh, sharing this with your friends and other people that you see struggling or other people on homeschool groups that say they're having an issue. Uh, you know, every time you share our podcast, that's another family that we get to connect with and we, we help. So we really appreciate all of you that are, that are doing that to, to, to help us. So talk about that big question that people have been running into. We're going to have to go a little old school here today. <laughs> We're going to go Henry V once more into the breach, my friends. <laughs> Bolano Lawrence Olivier, we're going to go right at the home. We're going right at public school today. We are going back to kindergarten. We're going back to kindergarten. Biggest question that we've been hearing is, am I doing enough with my kinder curriculum or my early elementary years? We are going to be doing a two-part series today and then the next episode, breaking down what is an average day in the public school? What are the kids getting? What are they experiencing? And then comparing that against, say, our kindergarten curriculum or what, you know, hypothetical torchlight curriculum is for first and second grade. We're going to go into the details. We're going to be doing a lot of numbers. So kind of like, you know, taxes, accountant level (laughs) numbers here. We're going to be dotting our I's and crossing our T's. We're trying not to be too complicated. And, and And I think the important thing here is that when we do this comparison, we are going to be doing it with a pre covid examples we, we pulled a right, couple examples absolutely. it's not fair to compare what these kids are doing right now whether you know they're lucky to be in the schools in some capacity or they're sitting at home on chromebooks or ipads it's not fair to compare what we're doing right now to that because that's a tough situation those teachers are struggling they're having to make do with what they can do mm-hmm. so it wouldn't be fair for us to compare you know a good homeschool curriculum with a with a parent mentor in the room doing the homeschool curriculum against you know some zoom school thing that's not fair so what we're going to do is we're going to do a comparison to what 
the ideal situation for the kindergartner. Today we're going to be covering kindergarten. Mm -hmm. What kindergarten looks like in the public schools on average. Obviously, your mileage may vary, as Ariel always says. Obviously, some schools are different. Some districts are different. Some states might be a little bit different. But we're going to be talking a lot about what they do. And there may be some tweaks and changes here and there, but it's a, it's a good it's a good example of what they do. And then we're going to compare it against, say, what we do in our homeschool right now, um, what an average homeschooling environment looks like. And we're going to put numbers to numbers. And I think we're going to try and answer this question of, am I doing enough? And I think, you know, spoilers, you are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, this is not... This is not meant in any way to disparage, uh, you know, or cast poor light on public school. No. Public Just because public schooling isn't for us doesn't mean that it's not the right answer for a lot of families. And a lot of you listening may be returning your children to public school when all this is over. So that's not our intention at all. Really what it is is a lot of folks who are new accidental homeschoolers, they they get, okay, I've withdrawn my kids. I purchased my curriculum. I'm all ready to go. We sat down. We did everything. First day of blossom and root. And right, right. We I'm did done it. in an hour. What happened? Right, right. Oh, I gosh, this only took me two hours. And public yeah. school is six and a half, seven hours a day. I can't. Is this it? Am I? Am I doing the right thing? Am right. I screwing up somewhere? Yeah. Nobody I'm wants to. Breaking my child. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to do the wrong thing, and especially if you're yeah. going to be re-entering the public school system. And if that's you, please go all the way in the way back machine to episode uh, four, I think, or five. Five, where we talk about your state requirement, state learning standards, so that you know when you return to school what would be what you should have have accomplished in that year if that's what you plan to do. Uh, but really, for a lot of those new folks, this is a, a recalibration of their of your brain a little bit that you're you can get a lot more done. I, I would say this is more a, a function of potency. Mm -hmm. But even hour for hour, a lot of it does add up. So what we did was we looked at. I, I surveyed a couple of dis different districts and got curriculum schedules from a few different areas in the country. So as Matt said, this could be different in different places, but we're just trying to give a general idea. And then I wrote down everything we did in one of our homeschool days this week. And I just, I was curious myself because mm -hmm. I, I feel like we do enough, but I was like, well, let's just, let's put the numbers to the test and really see how this is stacking up. And And I was pleasantly surprised. And I think that if you look not just at the structure time that you do with your child, but all of the other learning and things that happen in your house, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised too. So that's the intention of this, not to not to be disparaging to, you know, any other type of public or private schooling or anything, but just to just to say that you know, you are doing enough and mm -hmm. your kid is still getting a lot of learning, even if it's not all right when you're purposefully sitting down and doing quote unquote school time. So let's let's dive into it, right? We have a public school day. We're going to talk about the public school day. Then we'll talk about our home school day. And then we'll do some number comparisons so that people can kind of get a good understanding of, mm -hmm. you know, where they stand. So let's start with the public school day. Obviously, you talked about you pulled these numbers from a couple different districts mm -hmm. um, and a different states. So it's just kind of an average of these things. But we saw a lot of commonalities. Yeah, it was it was quite amazing because Common Core is so prevalent in the United States. And Common Core, for those of our international listeners, is a reading and reading, writing, math essentially 
um, standards that are national and not all states have adopted, but almost all states have. I think it's like 41 of 50 states have adopted Common Core. Mm -hmm. So what we found as we looked across the different districts was that they all had very similar plans. And I think that all has to do with Common Core. So the overall synopsis is that Basically, most of the day is focused on reading, writing, and math, and there's a little bit of time for something that they call specials, which is going to be anything that's not reading, writing, or math, (laughs) PE, science, art, social studies, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think think what we really were shocked to see is how much Common Core dominates the day of... I was very surprised. Not just kindergarten, but up through... Yeah, we've we've looked at numbers up through first and second. Our next show is going to be about first and second grade. And we were surprised. I think I was surprised. I don't know. I remember we haven't been to kindergarten since the early 80s or um, the mid 80s. But I yeah, we talked about this like we haven't been in into a classroom that did not change classes where you went to a designated teacher that taught a designated subject, you know, in almost like 25 years. Right. It's been a long time. And if, if we're trying to look back and remember, you know, what was my... I think her name was Miss Coddington on at Schwarzkopf Elementary in Michigan <laughs> uh, in second grade. I'm trying to remember what I did in that day. And she would, you know, get up on the board and, and nail every single subject, talk a little bit about everything. But it wasn't to this level. I don't remember it being this way. And I remember a lot of play. I remember a lot of like circle story yeah, time, lots of crafts. We did I, I, I think we were crafts. kind of taken back. Like, you know, we've read the standards. We've looked at them. But actually diving in and finding the teachers, finding teachers who post their daily schedule, it was very surprising how much Common Core has taken over Mm -hmm. these early years. Now, I don't know if this is the case for the later years, but these younger years that, you know, what we focus on in this podcast, these early learners, it is, I mean, you're going up against 95% of your day is reading, writing, reading, writing combo and math. Yeah. It's unbelievable how much it is. So let's get into it a little bit. So let's do a breakdown. So we're just going to do a breakdown of what a day looks like. So what does that look like? So first of all, for the reading portion of that language arts common core curriculum, basically every teacher that I've seen breaks it up into groups. So a kindergarten class will be broken up into, let's say, five or six reading groups. And the reason for this is so that the teacher can spend focused time with four students at a time or so. And she can spend, you know, 15 or 20 minutes with those students and then move on to another group. So the teacher gets that focus time. So we're finding it's about 20 minutes that your child would get with a small group, with your small group, with the teacher, uh, where the kids are going to be reading, reading to the teacher. They're going to help sounding out words and the teacher will maybe have something specific. They're working on that day, trying to teach new sounds and blends and all kinds of things, right? Phonics. So your kid will get 20 minutes or so with the teacher, depending. So what ends up happening with a lot of these reading groups and some of them are blended and they'll put better readers with slower readers and things. But a lot of times what they'll do is they'll segregate the kids into reading groups by their reading ability so that the groups that need the most help get the most time from the teacher. So if your student's in a really high reading group, they may not get time with the teacher every day. Or they may actually, the teacher may be strategically putting those good ones together knowing that they can get the lesson done in a short amount of time that they sh- she can borrow minutes and place them elsewhere. And, and spend it with the students that need more help, right? Yeah. So, so the students are broken into reading groups. So your student would get about 20 minutes on average per day with the teacher focused time. And then the rest of the time when your 
your student's group isn't with the teacher, they go to different workstations where they'll do worksheets or activities. Computer activities. Now, we've we've heard that some teachers, some kindergarten classes may have a volunteer. Right. Maybe they have a parent volunteer or maybe two that can help so, with those so stations. So they may be proctoring those tables and stuff. Right. And, and not always. It really depends on the involvement of the community and the school and, and the policies and all that. So yeah, we saw great pictures, if they can yeah, We saw it. pictures of like a table with, say, a bunch of books and the kids can pull books out and look through them, pretend to, you know, try to read them or look through the pictures. Right. Very similar to what our learner does a lot of times. You know, when she's just thumbing through books. Right. Then they have, we saw some worksheets that they would do, like writing worksheets where they're writing letters or writing words. Right. They're copying, they're copying letters down or they're, they're matching words to pictures of the words. So some, some sort of. Some computer work too we saw maybe in the first and second grade levels. Yeah. Right. So in, in kinder, I saw a lot of, uh, so there basically would be different stations set up. And as the groups rotate stations, they get to do whatever activities at that table. And it might be just reading books. Uh, that's a lot of w- what it is. So for that, what I'm going to call your individual driven reading time, the time that your your kid's group is not with the teacher, that's an hour and 20 minutes per day. That's amazing. Yeah, it's quite a lot of time that your kid is actually doing reading activities, worksheets, etc. But, but no focused learning, no mentor, no not teacher. Not with the teacher. And then they're... they're you know, playing with other kids. They could be talking. And yeah, I mean, if it was knows, our kid, right? she'd be gabbing the whole time. Oh, okay. <laughs> to the other cat, I don't know. I mean, she'd be looking at books, but she would also be chit-chatting. And, and, and of course, the kids have to be fairly quiet, right? Because the teacher's, the, over, there, the yeah. teacher's over with the other reading groups. And so... Can't be uh, too Lord of the flies over there. Right. The kids do need to sit down and, and be working on something that is reading, that is a reading activity. So that's an hour and 20 minutes. So that's an hour and 40 minutes so far we have based on reading things between individual time and teacher time. Is that spread out through the day? Yeah, a lot of times it is. It's not just a block of time. Some some teachers will do it as a block and others will break it up. So they'll say, oh, there's, we're going to do 20 minutes of reading and then we're going to do a read aloud story as a class. Hmm. And then we're going to do 20 minutes more of reading. And then we're going to do a writing assignment and then talk about it as a class. You know, So they'll break it up. It depends. But overall throughout the day... That's how much time it was. So about an hour and 20 individual and 20 minutes with the teacher. Okay. How about writing? What are the writing activities that they do? So usually it's about 35 minutes for writing. And that'd be writing and maybe drawing a picture that goes with the story. And then the class gets together for 20 minutes or so where kids read different things that they wrote and they share them with the teacher. Okay. So it's this teacher asking them questions. You know, what is your story about Jimmy? And Jimmy tells, you know, it's about dragons and... Right, yeah. right. So about 35 minutes time for them to do the write and the draw. And uh, if they draw, sometimes they don't. They just do write a, a writing assignment, maybe a writing worksheet, and then they'll come and have a class discussion. So uh, then there'll be group read-alouds of story. A lot of times they'll do like a picture book and a poem, and then some class word work together where they'll introduce cla- some new what words. That? What is the class word work? Like, uh, like maybe they'll do the poem and they'll put it on the overhead projector okay. and they'll highlight different words in the poem, make like sure the kids the understand week, yeah. those words. And maybe some of the sight words like the, you know, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah, so they'll okay. do some some sort of work on that. Maybe they'll sound out. They'll do phonics or syllables or, or whatever. So about 45 minutes between the read aloud and the word work. So I saw about, I would say about 25 minutes or so for the read aloud parts of that and maybe 20 on the word work. Yeah, it looked like all the activities were about 15, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. A good yeah. teacher will be, you know, constantly moving the class through things. So 
They're not sitting there for an hour and a half, just like you know, twiddling their thumbs. And no, there's a lot of movement. They're always moving to new stations and I think that's right in, right in tune with the learning, you know, the learning levels and the patience of those students. Some teachers the, I saw, it was like every 10 to 15 minutes. It was something new. I was, it kind of boggled my mind because I was like, wow, that's just, that's so much to keep track of, right? Yeah. So, so after that, we have math groups. So just like the reading groups, there's also math groups. This time it's only 15 minutes with the teacher instead of 20 okay. um, for that group. And again, probably grouped by ability in math. And then there's individual driven math work time, just like there was for reading. This would be where they play math games or do worksheets or maybe do a math computer program. And that's about 55 minutes. So it's a little bit less time. So they're, they're in the common core, it looks like they're they're leveraging reading, writing as kind of their big Yeah, focus. reading, writing is like that two-thirds, and then the other third is math, I would say. Math. So it's about 70 minutes, an hour, and 10 minutes for the the time with teacher and the individual time for math okay. per day. And this is very, like, we're seeing a lot of movement, a lot of a lot of variability, but it's all orbiting the same the same few subjects. Now, let's talk a little bit about this, this idea called, we saw... It referred to as the specials. What is what is specials? So this would be anything that is not reading, writing, and math. So, so this like is all the fun music, things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all the fun things. Music, art, PE, science, social studies, um, and so this is something that they do for about forty minutes per day, and only one of these things. So. We have PE on Thursdays, and sometimes this means that they swap with another classroom mm. or join another class or a special teacher comes in and does music or something with a class. So that would be one of those subjects per day, not not multiple usually. Um, and so they would have that. They're special for the day. Oh, we're going to do 40 minutes of music today, and we'll get back and to it And that could be any week. type of musical you know, exercise, listening to music, playing with Right. It's a, it's a yeah. wide variety when it comes to specials, but out of your whole six and a half to seven hour day, 40 minutes is your specials. Well, wow. how about play? Are the kids getting play? And we, we, we constantly hear that recess has disappeared, but that's so, not true for kindergarten, right? In most of the, the ones that I saw, they didn't have a separate recess that was, they had lunch and it had a long recess with it. I think one of them actually I saw did have a morning recess and snack time. But the lunch recess was cut back. Okay. So it wasn't quite as long. So the, did they always try to bundle lunch and recess together? Yeah. So lunch and recess was always together. Lunch is about 20 minutes. And then the recess portion of it's added on for about 30 minutes. Okay. So I saw that when they had a, a recess at another time, that they would cut down that lunch by 10 minutes or something because they had 10 minutes of recess earlier in the day. So on average for the day, it's about... 45 minutes of unstructured playtime between recess and about 15 minutes in the classroom of unstructured play in the afternoons usually. I always like my recess after lunch. That's what, I do it during nap time. I'm out back yeah. doing recess. Yeah, do, doing your recess. workout. Yeah, doing daddy recess. You and the dog. Okay, so we ran a bunch of numbers. Let's Let's just give them the totals. What does it look like? What's the breakdown? So for your whole day, you have about five hours and 10 minutes of learning time, quote unquote. Within that five hours and 10, two hours of that is reading and an hour and 10 is math. And the other time is split up between the writing, writing for about an hour and writing then... read alouds, your specials. Um, so if we don't include the play and the, and the lunch, five hours and 10 minutes a day is actual 
learning time. And only, you know, a small fraction of that is is your child in a group of kids, not one on one, but in a group one on one, you know, one on four with a teacher. Right. There so, there to to my knowledge, I didn't see any of the ones that I looked at. There was no actual one on one time with a teacher. It was all done in a group because there's anywhere from 20 to 30 children yeah, in the And we're not trying to class. criticize the teachers. They're doing you know, oh my gosh, very, they have so much to do. God, I can't. I mean, could you met like I want everybody to stop and imagine you had twenty five children. <laughs> I can't. I that would be. Whew. I mean, I think that kindergarten teachers are super yeah. special people, and so they tend to be very you know lively and bubbly, and the kids you know really identify well with the kids. But they're doing a very tough job, so we're not trying to criticize them by having to break up into these groups. I I would do the exact same thing. This is really like. You know, managing a large group of kids. Uh, it's the are... only strategy that they could do. And especially breaking them into similar similar abilities. Yeah. Because then what you teach to that group of four can be a similar level. Otherwise, you'd have to teach different things even within the group of four, yeah. which would be tough. Yeah. So I'm imagining most of them are putting like-ability children together. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is great for management. One of the problems I see with it definitely is that if your kids in the slower or behind reading group that could definitely affect their some of their confidence i know that one thing for our daughter she's working on her reading is there's nobody to be ahead of or behind her she's working at the level she's working at and we're helping her on that journey without Mm -hmm. without there being this level system but i was i was frankly a little bit surprised that they're leveling this young but i totally get why i just thought oh you know i could see her saying Oh, I'm not in the group getting to read those more interesting books because I'm in the remedial reading group or whatever. Yeah, I could, I could see that being she, some, she's a, an upset she's aware part. of that type of stuff. So yeah, right. Okay, let's let's talk about. So that was a public school day, very active, crazy, lots of things going on mm-hmm. for very, for full day kindergarten. Now some kids go to only half day. Yeah, could you imagine a lot less then? Probably right. So we just wanted to focus on what full day looks like because that's the greatest amount of learning that could happen and compared to what we do. So let's talk about our homeschool day and we're going to use kind of what we're doing on our pre-K, but this could easily be extended to what would be done for a K because in our in our case we may be doing we're doing a pre-K blossom and root, but we're doing a K math program and a K reading program. So we thought it right. It was a good, it was a good idea of you know kind of what she would be experiencing against a kindergarten class. Right, we thought it was fair, and, and in fact, there would be more structured learning time if we were using a kinder uh, language arts or overall curriculum. Right, Blossom and Root, early years volume two is a pre K, and so it's not, it doesn't have quite as much stuff in it. So this would be even more, I think this would be even more lopsided if we were using something like Torchlight K. So I know some of you out there are using Torchlight K and, and you would definitely find that you're doing more than what we're talking about here because there's just a lot more going on yeah, <laughs> with that. So, um, but that eats into some of your unstructured time of your day too. So I think it's still a fair, so we wanted to break it up into our quote unquote school structured time where Matt goes upstairs to the, our, our homeschool room and sits down with our daughter and he has a plan of the things he needs to get through for that day. Mm-hmm. And then all the rest of our daughter's day. And I just kind of like followed her around with a notepad all day, just trying to figure out like, what did she do? How long did she do this? How long did she do that? And I was, I was quite surprised what our almost five-year-old got up to all day. Primate anthropologist. Well, I'm here working in the office, right? Because I'm working remotely full-time for my job right now. And so I, I kind of know what's going on, but I've never really followed 
more closely what's been happening and i was i was pretty surprised you're taking a look at the wizard behind the curtain <laughs> yeah. what does that guy do up I, i'm there not all saying day? that i i know she wasn't like anything. watching tv i just thought she was they're just watching x-men again <laughs> no I, I just really thought she was doing more how many episodes of dragon ball z have you watched today? more 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 just like um yeah. unstructured just playtime yeah. and i was amazed how many things and not that she doesn't do that but there's how many learning opportunities she actually took of her own volition so anyway and, you know uh, as i've said before i do like the unstructured type of thing it does fit well within my mentality we do incorporate that in kind of like an unschooling method for the rest of the day we do knock out the curriculum but the rest of the day we we don't stop the learning that's that's the big thing right so let's talk about it so we do about an hour and a half of structured school time and in that there's 30 minutes of math and that's teaching math concepts writing numbers doing games. math activities and math games mm-hmm. uh, well those are, and those are math games i should say that come with our curriculum not not the other game schooling games that we have. So those are the specific things that come with Right Start Math that we do. And then 30 minutes of reading. So teaching reading, the activities to go with that, and her reading to us from our All About Reading curriculum program. We do about 10 minutes of handwriting for letters and numbers. And then 20 minutes of read aloud from Blossom and Root and discussion about that, basically per day. I would say there's different things for every day of Blossom and Root, but kind of on average, it's about an hour and a half of structured time. Yeah, I would say that's good. And and remember, the math and the reading are not from Blossom and Root. Those would be from the all about reading and the right start math. So right. it's not necessarily an hour and a half for Blossom and Root. I would say it's probably a little bit way, way less than that. Yeah, yeah we, we're only spending maybe 20 minutes. 20, sometimes there's minutes, yeah. there's art pieces and they'll go an extra you know 20 minutes or so in the nature so each day looks a little different mm-hmm. uh so I, i'm i'm just it's funny there's there's that joke like what does your average homeschool day look like and <laughs> they're all so different looks like so, a jackson pollock painting <laughs> i mean they're all so different right you know with blossom and root we've got a nature study so yesterday we went on a huge nature walk and, and yesterday is sunday Right, that um, was that was Sunday. Yeah. We went on a big nature walk. Well, for because Blossom yeah, the, the sun finally came out, and we decided, okay, today that thing that I've been putting off all week. Sorry, Hope, that because of the rain, <laughs> <laughs> we wanted so we were able to get down to the pond and actually go sit at the edge of the pond, look at frogs, look at birds. Yeah, we had to look at birds, and so we yeah. tried to. We wanted to go, and it wasn't raining, so we could see them. Yeah, and... so we were able to sit down for an hour while you know you and and the baby went for a walk. You know, we that was an hour of time, and that was on the weekend. Right. right, where you were talking about quite a few concepts and things. And so while no day looks the same, we're just we're trying to draw some generalities here so we can compare with something that does look basically the same every day, which is the way that public school kind of is run. So uh, just for their so survival. About an hour and a half of structured time. So let's talk a little bit about the unplanned learning. And this is right. the... So I while... this is the extra stuff that we do on a daily basis mm-hmm. that just comes in. It's very often driven by the learner. So, you know, my older, my oldest will come up and say, daddy, I want to learn about bears today. I'm like, okay, we're going on a bear hunt. You know, we're going <laughs> to pull all anything. the bear books down. It could be anything, right? She, yeah, she, she does. So while we do 20 minutes of read aloud and discussion as part of our structured school time, we found when we racked up all the books we read, 
We do about 40 minutes of read aloud per day in addition to to that 20 for structure. That includes stories that are read for nap time or what has now become quiet time. (laughs) Yeah. You can hear hear the sob in Matt's voice. (laughs) I want everybody to grab their nearest whiskey bottle and pour a little splash on the concrete. (laughs) And, and, Matt has lost the nap. It oh, looks and like. you were so gloaty about it I too. Was, you were, you were just you, you, you said something about like let the hate flow through you because she was nap. We had two yeah. nappers, and now we don't. And talked, now she's got to be up there and be quiet. I talked. I talked a big game. You, you did. You talked some smack, and now you have to eat your words because she's not napping anymore. Yeah, it, unless I, you know, run her hard, or she plays in a, you know, the pool at Grandma's house. I don't know if we got the nap anymore. So. But we did get quiet time. Which is we're getting quiet time, which so, we need because the baby does now. That extra forty minutes that we're talking about reading, I mean, that includes you know the time you read tonight for bedtime, nap time. Yeah, we we read before nap, before bed, after nap, after in lunch, the evening. All we the basically time. she's bringing us books constantly. So because our because our bedtime books and nap time books, we try to keep those very short because yeah. we want to like maximize the nap time or the quiet time and and uh, the baby's nap time those are like five minute books the rest of this is other time she's just bringing us books to read so yeah. about 40 minutes a day of and read loud the, and, and discussion about, and then art art we, you know with me i love doing art with her we do about 20 to 30 minutes of art a day sometimes it could be you know an hour and a half I mean, right i mean it varies it really depends but like we try to get a little bit of art like today she you know before she went off to preschool you know she's at preschool now um yeah just two days a week Two days a week, you know, just for just for that little bit of socialization that we, we need for her. Um, she did an art, you know, she made an art project for one of her friends in art school. Yeah, right? she made this cute little card for one of her friends at preschool. Yeah, so I, I look kind of, you know, on average about 20 minutes of art a day. And then she does crafts with me in the evening for about 20 minutes as well. So, yeah, we do about 20 minutes of crafts a day, and that can be a wide range of crafts. I mean, right, all kinds of things. Beads to She's Legos. trying to do friendship bracelets right now yeah. poorly, but I'm, we're supporting her. Poor person's going to get that friendship bracelet. <laughs> it's, Here, it's, here's a cord of of, 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 of knots, str- of basically. Knots. <laughs> but, yeah, so she's, she's doing counts, craft yes. things, and sometimes um, her grandmother got her this one where you take paper plates and you stick different pieces on it makes different like animal faces and things so that's yeah. been really great so she does a bit of crafts now let's talk about dance dance is a huge thing it's a so, huge part of our daughter's life and, and this is like i think this is that first moment where i like to say here's that first difference between kindergarten and homeschooling our daughter loves dance mm-hmm. she dances all the time every morning she runs over to google tells it to play some tay tay or you know, so whatever Phantom of the Opera came back Freeze this dance, week. Whatever. You know, she loves to dance and she'll dance all day long. And she and there's a lot of dance. She would not be getting this. I mean, she wouldn't be getting it at the class. Now, I do know they do some sing-along, some music. But, you know, they're not going to be letting her go out there and do her contemporary interpretive dancing that she does to... <laughs> For half the, an hour. To, to the Lilo and Stitch soundtrack, you yeah. know. Or the Nutcracker Suite. That was the other day. The, the Nutcracker, Nutcracker yeah. Suite. She did an interpretive dance of the Nutcracker so she's not going to be doing that. Now, she may be doing that at home, but that's not part of her, her kindergarten class. Right. This is definitely part of our unplanned learning that we, we incorporate dance as part of it because we know she loves it so much. And this is where you as a homeschool parent are able to incorporate things that you know your learner loves. That is not something that would be happening necessarily in the, in the kindergarten curriculum at the public school. This right. definitely would not be happening. So you have that ability to 
you know, once you get done with your planned stuff, when you get into that unplanned, you can incorporate that. And dancing is one of those things. And we don't tell her to dance. She yeah. just goes and does it. No lie. We get 45 minutes of dancing a day. I know that sounds like a lot. Right. But- and she has a dance class once a week that is about 45 minutes. So, yeah. yeah, on average, whether she's doing it there or she's doing it here, 45 minutes of dance is what our kid loves and she does at home. And then we do 15 to 20 minutes of music appreciation. And, and very often we'll layer that on top of something else like if she's just doing some light play or if you're sitting on the floor doing some blocks with her just for fun you know i'll turn on the tv especially when we're up in the homeschool room whatever whoever the composer of the week is for blossom and root like last week it was john williams i don't know who it is this week well i i made that up that really wasn't for yeah john williams ariel made some tweaks to the blossom and root (laughs) right well it had the same composers for like nine weeks at a time and so i i decided so this week we're doing danny elfman last week we did john williams it was really fun for us to listen to this week it's danny elfman so it was funny we're trying to bring in some contemporary composers yeah you walk into the homeschool room and the imperial march is playing right yeah Yeah, hey it's school so music appreciation is something that we've gotten into with Blossom and Root this year, which we really love. And so that's 15 to 20 minutes a day of that. And then here's the big one. Yeah, our daughter's kind of a bookworm, even though she can't she read can't read yet. the books. She spends about 90 minutes a day just perusing books. Yeah. And this is, now, how do you tally 90 minutes? Well, she gets about 40 minutes in her quiet time now, 50 minutes um, just looking through books. In the morning, she'll grab a book or two and just look through it. In the evening, she'll look through a book or two. Before bed now, she gets before, to do a few yeah. books before she turns her so, lights out. That's yeah, a big we do, thing. Yeah, we give her a couple of books to let her fall asleep and she'll look through those. Literally, she wakes up in the morning. Her bed is just full of books. books. There are so many books in her room. And I have to like, before I put her to bed, I have to peel up like the pillows and stuff and make sure there's no books hiding in yeah, her I know. bed. When you, when you jump in the bed to read her a story, all of a sudden you're sitting on top of eight Berenstein Bears books. Right. And she's, so she's looking through them and she's starting to pick out the words that she yeah. knows and sound those out and is excited to tell us about them. So she's getting... A lot of book exposure. It's not even all children's books because we have a huge collection of eyewitness books and some other really great reference books in our homeschool room. And she'll sit and just she'll spend an hour looking through all of those books. And she's she's really absorbing some interesting stuff, even and, though she can't read all the words. And, and you may think, well, how is that unplanned learning? Well, if you think about if you go back to the description of the kindergarten class when those kids are sitting at the tables, not with the teacher. We saw the pictures. They have piles of books and the kids are looking through those books. So it is an equivalent comparison to to include that time where she's actually looking through the books because she would have been doing that in the kindergarten class. Right. And we may not be doing worksheets and things, but I think, you know, if a kid's doing a worksheet on their own, uh, worksheets is something that you do in your focus time with her, which I think, you know, your five minutes of focus worksheet time with her is probably every bit as valuable as 20 minutes of individual uh, activity or worksheet work so yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit maybe, maybe about that at the end where we're talking about the quality of the time so right we'll talk right about maybe that right now we're, we're kind of talking about quantity it's true yeah. so so what's the you, total time yeah if you take all of this together the structured and the unstructured learning time that means that we have a total learning time of five hours and 50 minutes per day as opposed to five hours and 10 minutes so basically school. same order of magnitude basically about the same amount of time we are investing you know, in that educational experience. So, right. you know, if you if you sit back and you're one of those parents that's asking, quote unquote, am I doing enough? You got to incorporate all that extra time. 
all that extra free time. Really know. write down what your kid does. I cha- yeah. I challenge you. Grab yeah. a piece of paper and a pencil and include those and just watch yeah. what your kid's doing and look for the education. Oh, did your kid mm-hmm. help you make pancakes this morning? Did they help you measure out the ingredients? Well, that was math time. Yeah. Did it really? If you look for the learning and everything. Oh, did you go on a nature walk and talk about trees losing their leaves and which trees have cones and which ones don't and different things? Right. That's a science time. If you if you write it all down, you'll, you'll, I, I promise you, you'll be surprised by, you don't think you're doing as much as you are. And, and I think we all, we all worry we're not doing enough, but if you really take this time into consideration, it will, it will be eye opening just how much, not only are you doing enough, you're doing more than they might have gotten in, in a classroom setting in yeah. different ways, right? A lot of those specials, right? We were talking about that where so much time is focused on your reading, writing, math, and so much less time is focused on these other subjects, which I think that's I think make a well-rounded individual. Yeah, we talked about this, I think, leading up all this week. We talked about how surprising of a well-rounded experience the homeschooling life is compared to the Common Core you know, kindergarten experience. I mean, this is our totally biased opinion. It's our biased <laughs> opinion. But, but if you can see it, she is getting a lot more, you know, yeah, she'd be getting the specials. And yes, some of the activities may be art focused. They may be able to kind of squeeze in those extra things in those table groups where the kids are all doing their own activity. Yes, they, they may have some paint there or some markers and they might be coloring pictures and things of that nature. But I think you're getting a more enriching experience. You're getting more freedom, especially... You know, we'll talk about the quality at the end. I think it's just a more enriching experience. It's a more, you know, well-rounded experience. It's not so heavily focused on you know, reading, writing, math. It is heavily focused. I mean, I am doing yeah, but that wasn't an hour our and a half intention. of that every day. But it's not. It doesn't con- consume every every ounce of of what we're doing. I mean, she's allowed to do those other things and allowed to chase interests wherever that may go. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think that's kind of the win on homeschooling but does require the you know full-time parent or a mentor or you know if you're in a pod or something of that nature you know it does require a lot more time and a lot more focused time but i think that's the added advantage of being able to do something like this so let's get into the comparison so you know the street fighter you picked public (laughs) school i picked homeschool and fight (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for independent reading and writing time, it's an hour and 55 minutes public versus an hour 45 for us. So just roughly right the same time. Right on the same time. For reading with teacher focus, it's 20 minutes for the school, and that's for a group. And we have 30 minutes of one-on-one time. So I would say we're going to talk about the quality in the reading segment. I think we are getting a better quality for mm-hmm. our time. So we're probably getting more done than they would at kinder just because uh, of how much individual attention that she gets during during the teacher time. Yeah, and, and that was the other thing, reading class. So there's 20 minutes of doing class reading activities. So if you put that together between the group and the class time, 40 minutes where we're doing 30 minutes of one-on-one, I think those are equivalent, if not more heavily in the favor of the one-on-one time. Mm-hmm. So then the read aloud, 45 minutes in school versus 60 minutes at home. Mm-hmm. And some of that read aloud in school is a discussion, right? Asking the class what they think and hearing other people's opinions and things, which I think we can get a lot more information out of our daughter, you know, talking with her one-on-one. 
and going down those rabbit holes when she has questions about things. So I think that's great. Uh, for independent math work, 55 minutes in school and zero minutes in our homeschool. And <laughs> I wrote zero, but it's not perfectly true because we, we do game school. We so we play school, games. Yeah. So there's that piece of it. But we don't have her doing a whole lot of like, she doesn't do math computer games at home and things like that. We don't really have her on the computer all that much. She does uh, she does a, a reading app and she does a you know a, a game, a ticket to ride game, which is also math related. If she if she's had got had good homeschool that day, but otherwise she doesn't do a lot of that stuff. We do game with her. There's not a lot of her sitting there struggling to figure out what numbers or which or, or sitting there doing activity books and you know activity worksheets and things of that nature. Yeah, we're focused with her. So while there's 15 minutes of math teacher group, we have 30 minutes of one-on-one. And that's where maybe you can start to think about the quality coming into the the question of, you know, is it more beneficial to have your kid at a table doing a one, two, three worksheet and then having 15 minutes with a teacher and three other students, three or four other students? Or is it more important to say, here's 30 focused minutes one-on-one with a mentor you as the parent or you know, whoever you're using to help with your homeschooling environment, is that a better experience? Can you get more work done? But, and I think so. I mean, if you think about them doing a worksheet, right? So mm-hmm. you said that one, two, three, four. This is a great example. Our daughter's fabulous at one, two, three, four. She's great at 10 and five, and she does not understand six and seven. And so what did you do? You took these, these uh, no, index cards. I invented the great... Greek god, Numero, the messenger god of <laughs> right, numbers, right. who sweeps in and quizzes our daughter. She's not allowed to leave. She has to freeze. <laughs> right. Uh, it's like freeze dance. It's freeze dance. He comes and, uh, in, Ooh, it's ooh, me, it's Numero. Numero. And he holds up this flashcards and he's got one with a six and one with a seven. She has to correctly answer it and then write it on the back. Yes. Now, that's not something that you could do in a group setting because we know that she's struggling with those two numbers as I'm far as recognition goes. This is giving away the secrets here. This is the I mean, sauce. it's a little bit of secret sauce. Yeah. But the point is that in that, not only in that 30 minutes are you getting to give her that one-on-one going through the lesson, but I'm you're also able, the lesson, yeah. you're able to go back and focus on yeah. things that she may need specifically rather than having just passing out a worksheet for all the kids to do. You know exactly where she struggles, and you're you're you know laser focused on that piece, which I think it's, is super important. Yeah, it's the surgeon approach. Like it's, I want to certainly make, is. I want to make the least amount of cuts to do exactly what I need to do, and then get out. And I know what she's you know six and nine, right? B and D, right? These are the hard ones. Oh my these... gosh, B and D. Can we can we share? Okay, so we learned this great thing this week um, that B has a belly and D has a diaper. And so we drew him for our daughter where like the, the line is the person and yeah, then D has this giant come across, diaper yeah. and then B has this big belly and it made our daughter laugh. And now every time she sees something, I go, what's this? And she goes, bleh. And I said, hmm, does it have a diaper or a belly? She goes, diaper, duh. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to share that with everyone. If anyone's struggling with B and D, that worked great for our daughter. The poopy humor my daughter gets. She gets it from me. Yeah. She certainly does. She definitely does. Okay. So the focus time, obviously a lot more important, but let's get into the specials. And this is kind of what we were alluding to before. Mm-hmm. They're getting about 40 minutes a day. We're getting an hour and 40. And I think this is the big difference. Yeah. At least sometimes, like you said, you do yeah. out, you do art for an hour. We'll do art or be... I'll do YouTube videos and we'll do, get into a YouTube death spiral on, 
you know, something that she's And then you'll go do art about that thing. And then we'll go do There's art about it. There's a lot of expressive art in our house, right? She's wanting to draw because you love to draw and you guys draw together. Yeah. And so I think that that's something that's really kind of coming through. Her, her people now have kind of this um, kind of surfer monk look going on right now <laughs> where they don't have hair on top of their head, but they have this really long, sharp, jagged hair on the sides. <laughs> Maybe we'll post it to Instagram. One of the awesome draw- <laughs> surfer monks. But she's, she's really loving it because you draw too. And, and I think that's really important. But yeah, so we we have an extra hour worth of specials time that's totally unplanned because she's driven that, that she wants to work on crafts or she wants to do art. And some days it's a lot more than others. There's sometimes there's a lot of art crafts going on in the house. Yeah, I think that's kind of the big difference that she's able to... we. In the homeschooling world, your child has the ability to chase the things they're most interested in. And I think that's kind of the, you know, if you're going to compare the two, that's the difference. They get that kind of creativity. They can let their mind run. They can allow the worlds to explode into creation in their own mind. And I don't know necessarily if they're getting that at the same level in the kindergarten, you know, environment where they're, you know, with 20, 25 other students teacher shuffling him around a lot because she's got a lot of stuff to do or he or she's got a, a lot of stuff to do. I just don't know if they're getting that. And I think so. They are getting the social aspect though. And so are, we have to, that. we have to do dance class and we do two days a week at a preschool. And, and there will be other things when she gets into kinder and older to make up that social Play time dates that with other kids. And everything. Yeah. Although she plays with friends and things, parent partnerships, things of that nature that you can do to, to overcome that. But I think, you know, as our number one takeaway, I think, the big thing that we were shocked at was the amount of focus in the in the public schools on the Common Core. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of hate out there for Common Core. There's a lot of love for Common Core. Maybe more hate than love. Um, but it, we were just very shocked at how dominant it is in the classroom. Right. When you actually see the schedule, it is all they're thinking about. And then I immediately mapped that schedule over what we do on a daily basis and seeing the ability for creativity in what we do and the very diverse subjects that we're allowed to do while you're still covering the common core By, while topics still, i mean you're yeah. still you're working through math and you're working through reading uh you know and and she's doing a lot of both of those subjects especially the reading she is doing a ton of reading and, and reading learning of, yeah, we've had a lot but of it's not that, yeah. uh, it's all one on one you know, there's no, we don't really give our daughter worksheets and walk away. That That's not really how we, we teach because it's just, she gets bored, right? If you're not there and invested with her. So Come on, look at me. What else am I going to do? <laughs> I'll take care I'm of not, the little one. I'm not instance. getting paid nothing for nothing. <laughs> right. So, so I think that, you know, while we, we could definitely give her more worksheets to do and things, and maybe as she gets older, that'll be something that she'll enjoy. For right now, it's a lot of hands on and it's, it's one-on-one time. So I would just encourage you if you're worried about whether you're doing enough to really break it down and and see how you feel uh, about the the reading, the writing, the math because that's the biggest piece that you'd probably be weighed against with uh, with kinder and public because I guarantee you doing more specials than they are. So if you really focus on that reading, writing, math, and I would encourage you strongly to look at the Common Core Language Arts Standards for the end of kindergarten. And take a look at where you're at now and say, well, by May or June this next year, right? By the end of the school year, do I think my child's going to be at this level or beyond? And if so, then 
just take a breath and go with your child's pace and with their lead. You know, obviously if we can go ahead and keep, keep children challenged, we always want to keep an appropriate level of challenge. Not, not so hard that they, they get frustrated and they don't want to learn, but not so easy that they're bored. Right. So keep them appropriately challenged, but at least you can, you know, wipe your brow and not worry so much that you're, that you're screwing up your, your kid or that you're just not doing enough. It, it's hard. I think, you know, I don't know how well you understand this, but I, I know for me as a mom, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mom guilt. There's a lot of Pinterest and, and seeing what other people do in these fabulous projects. And I guarantee you none of our art projects look like that. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And you feel like, wow, these teachers, they have so much education and they've prepped and they have all these worksheets and they have all these activities and there's no way that I'm giving my child enough. Um, so, but we're here to tell you that you are enough and you are doing enough. And if you, if you take a critical look at it and you look at all the ways that they're learning in ways that you, at times that you didn't plan, you, you'll be surprised. Talk about something that we are into this week. I think we've said the the drinking game word of the day worksheets <laughs> that's right about 80 <laughs> times if you're playing along and your bingo card said worksheets you've won <laughs> we have begun to incorporate the worksheets and i think it's kind of funny the research that but we're, we're doing did, it with our daughter yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. obviously and you know a lot of the research we were doing trying to think in about this question that we we saw keep coming up you know, we, we did see the heavy reliance on worksheets and we thought about it and I thought about the things that maybe my daughter is kind of struggling on. How can I incorporate even more activities, more things, again, attacking things from different ways and different routes. I said to Ariel, I said, hey, can you get me some worksheets? Yeah, because she's struggling with shapes a little bit right just now. A, so we got a some little bit of shapes, shape ones. shapes. And I just want to I just want to really hammer home the numbers and the writing of the numbers. I just want to knock. I just want to really solidify that. And you know, as the as the teacher and as the parent, I have the ability to, you know, laser focus on those things I know are sticking points, and get her past the past those sticking points and moving on to the, <laughs> the next sticking points. But what we did this week is we incorporated a lot of worksheets. And what what I asked Ariel to do is I said, hey, I need um, letter worksheets and I need number worksheets. And shapes. And shapes. And I said, I don't care what they look like. Can you just get me some? And what I, you know, I'll tell you where she got them. But, you know, I was able to get a bunch of worksheets. She printed off about 30 or 40 of them. And I put them into a, a nice little binder, put them right up on the shelf. And I'm, I've been incorporating about one a day. Yeah, she likes it because you're you're doing part of the worksheet with her. So you're you're doing some of the writing of the letter or coloring in of the shape. And then she's doing a piece of it, too. Yeah, and I think that... Focused together. Yeah. Right, not just handing her the worksheet and walking away. but yeah. And she's really learned. And she's been very proud to tell me, oh, mommy, that's a rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> so so Ariel, Ariel comes out and says, okay, I'll go get you some worksheets. About 30 minutes later, I've got 50 worksheets in my hand. I'm thinking, man, my wife is an amazing graphic designer. <laughs> She's I, not only the, uh, the, you know, the love of my life and the great mother to our children, but this woman can pull rabbits out of hats. And I said, how did you do this? She goes, honey, let me show you the beauty that is teachers pay teachers yeah i'm sure a lot of you know about teachers pay teachers already I did not so, know about teachers pay teachers okay well we we may be just like reinforming a bunch of you you can stop now if you want to but um 
Teachers Pay Teachers is great. It's a website where all kinds of educators, I think formal educators and home educators alike, Mm -hmm. can post products that they have made. So I was able to go on Teachers Pay Teachers and search for shape worksheets by grade level. So I was able to search for something that was in the kinder grade level and find just what I wanted and have, they're all digital uh, PDF downloads. So once I got it, I was able, I'm able to make as many copies as I want for my child and print them as often as I want. Um, well, like, and it was, was like, co- like two bucks, two bucks, or I think, or buck 50, something like that. I mean, my goodness. And, and it, it wasn't just one sheet. We're talking about some of these had like 20, 30, 40 sheets. In right. I think the shapes one maybe had like 36 different sheets of uh, some of them had different mixes of shapes and, you know, one shape big and draw your own shape or just color the shapes or yeah. there was a bunch of different things, which was great. And we found one on numbers. I think I got for two bucks as well. And it had all different types of, of numbers. One of the things we've really struggled with is we are doing something called Denelian handwriting with mm-hmm. our daughter. So if you look at handwriting curriculums like Handwriting Without Tears or Logic of English or any of these other ones, you're going to see manuscript, which is basically very straight, you know, kind of block printing. It doesn't have, there's no flair. It is all straight lines as much as possible, but it's very straight. And then you're going to find cursive, which is just the, so it's like the two ends of the spectrum. And I looked at both of these and I was like... I just, I don't want our daughter to have to write in cursive because it's just so, I mean, great for dexterity and, and all of that and learning how to hand movements and stuff, but it is complex. It's not something that's used all the time anymore. Uh, I get the argument about reading the declaration and old documents, but you can read cursive as I can read cursive and I can't write cursive. So that's totally fine to still be able to read it. But and I, so I'm like, okay, well, cursive's too far. Then I go to look at manuscript and I'm like, ugh, it's so ugly. <laughs> I just, personally, it's just super ugly for me. And um, their grandmother has kind of a hybrid because she wrote yeah. cursive for so long. that She has a, a kind of a script that's, it's, it's, it's printing, but it's got a little bit more flair to it. And so I was looking around and I found something called Denelian handwriting. And it's basically a manuscript with with tails on the ends of most of the letters. And so if when a child is older, they want to, to learn cursive, all they need to do is start connecting the letters together. And there's a few other flourishes, right? Like Q and just some different things that they would have to, to do a little bit more. Um, Z is a good example of something that's going to be totally different. But the, the idea is that it allows the, the bridge to cursive to be easier but what it also means is even if they never want to go to cursive, their block handwriting is going to be pretty. And I, I'd really love if my daughters had nice, pretty handwriting. So we started with this. The problem is, like everything, I've decided to do something unique that, you know, isn't something wildly, <laughs> widely available. So I can't find worksheets for Denelian. And that's what's been so great about Teachers Pay Teachers because I can type this in and without having to buy a whole handwriting curriculum. I can pay piecemeal for different pieces of Denelian handwriting that I want and have my child work on. Um, So that's great. So if you're doing something that falls outside the bounds of uh, a full curriculum, you want to do a unit study. My kid's into volcanoes. Look it up on Teachers Pay Teachers because I guarantee you're going to find it. Also, if your child's having a specific problem with something and you need like a laser-focused worksheet for that, Teachers Pay Teachers is great. So terrific resource. For the the price of half a Starbucks cup of coffee. I mean, It it would take you longer to go out and Google search it 
find 20 different sheets, print them all, when you can just go here and just say yes. Right, and then you're supporting other folks to keep creating good content that's usable. So uh, it's a terrific website. So if you haven't been on Teachers Pay Teachers, go on, hide your credit card, uh, look around a little bit. You're going to find some great resources there uh, if you haven't already been to Teachers Pay Teachers. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!